the world just feels more and more polarised. Even the church, within the church, feels polarised and we're meant to all be reading the same book. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And supposedly believing the same God. What kind of world do we want to leave our kids? What kind of world has God told us to create? What has he mandated us? Because he's all mandated us to do the same thing. We do it in different ways, but it's the same thing. Yes, the world is complex, but the instruction God gave us, Jesus gave us, was very, very simple. Mm. It's not a mystery. This is Common Era, a podcast about spirituality in an age of change. In our second season, we're hosting a conversation between Anne-Marie Lewis, a leading business youth and justice consultant, and Matt Sadiso, a composer, songwriter, and podcaster with a background in human rights law. Justice is increasingly a word at the forefront of our social conversations, but like any word, it's subject to interpretation and misunderstanding. In this episode, Anne-Marie and Matt Sadiso talk about a biblical view of both justice and fairness, how these have influenced our legal systems, and yet how they might differ from what we expect. Looking at justice from the perspective of the most marginalised in society, including those who are incarcerated, the conversation reveals just how muddied the concepts of love and justice have become, in comparison to the commands of scripture and the testimony of Jesus himself. I I sort of want to frame the conversation, obviously this is you know, we are both believers, we both believe in Jesus, you know, and I'm really interested in talking about justice within the context of what the Bible says about it, what Jesus thinks about it. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, in, in the context of the world we're in right now, and is the church relevant when it comes to talking about these things? Mm. Um, but before we do that, I think it'd be really helpful to sort of ask ourselves what does justice mm. actually mean? Yeah. So do you want to, I'll tell you what I think it means, but maybe sure. you tell me first what you think <laughs> it means. So it depends on whether you're taking it from the biblical perspective or whether you're taking it from societal's perspective, because they're not often the same. <laughs> right. So let's start with the biblical perspective and then let's, then let's do society, societal. Okay. So often we think about, we think about justice in terms of retributive retributive type of justice, mm-hmm. but the Bible often really speaks about justice in terms of restorative type of justice. Mm-hmm. And um, so the foundations really right from the beginning of time, and, and I think predominantly with God, is it's really clear he says to us, you know, love me, love your neighbour as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And he's given lots of mandates. There's lots and lots of scriptures that God talks about um, having a righteous judge, having a righteous king, doing the right thing to the least of of us, doing the right thing to, you know, the widows, the fatherless, the orphans, um, people who were poor, people who were oppressed, setting them free, setting the prisoners free. He's really clear in many, many scriptures. Mm -hmm. And he's also really clear about his hatred of injustice. And he has made it very, very clear in, again, throughout the scriptures, Isaiah, Micah, um, all of those, right through to the New Testament, we'll talk about the the consequence that God will 
dish out really <laughs> when we don't follow justice and when we are unjust to the immigrant when we are unjust and he, he spells that out in his scripture clearly he calls them by name the immigrant those you know strangers who've come amongst you how you ought to treat them um, so there's a lot of things in societal that we can learn really in society around what justice actually looks like I was having a look at the Hebrew word mm. And you know how it's, I think it's Psalm 89 says, righteousness and justice are the foundation mm. of his throne. And justice being rightness, mm. you know, doing what is right, as mm. you said. Yeah. But I was interviewing somebody on my other podcast, <laughs> little plug there, <laughs> holding up the ladder in my other podcast. But anyway, I was interviewing someone who works, she's a lawyer and she works with um, helping you. Um, children and young women come out of brothels mm. and she was saying that justice I, I want to read it because she just said it so well she says part of integral to justice is restoration mm. and it's restoring human relationships in a harmonious and flourishing state mm. so it's not just doing what is right it's a restoration of relationships so that human beings flourish mm. and I thought that was a really interesting way to look at justice and that part of justice actually is the flourishing state brings about beauty and it's mm. about new beginnings and bringing newness. It's mm. not just doing what is right. So if we have that biblical sense of justice mm. in our heads, mm. now let's talk about the societal thing. So in society, there is, depending on which part of society you come from, but certainly in terms of the Western worlds, there is very much a focus on retributive right. type of justice and very much... Um, a focus on fairness okay. in their okay. mind, okay. How, how justice is phrased. And it's, it's really around fair judgment, fairness, and then um, punishment under the law. Right. So right. that's usually where people go. Um, now, fairness, I think, in terms of how society sees it, does not always equate to the justice of God. People often from society go back to the Old Testament view with the one scripture that talks about an eye for an eye yeah, yeah, and yeah. a tooth for a tooth. And, and I love as Gandhi said it best. He said, an eye for an eye means that the whole world's blind. <laughs> and I just was like, yeah, exactly. And, and there are, I think that concept has been misconstrued. Right. And in, we took it, or society has taken it, that an eye for an eye means if you do this to me, I can legitimately do that and worse to you. Okay. But the concept and the, the thread in which the Bible talks about an eye for an eye was more talking about this thing of fairness. Be fair in your judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you don't, if somebody's done this, you don't then give them an extreme consequence um, mm -hmm. or, you know, extreme harsh treatments mm -hmm. and punishments because of something small. So it was more around that concept. But then my thought is, well, what about consequence? We know that God yeah. cares about consequence. We know that he's not, God's justice isn't, us just doing what we like. We know that he cared so much about justice and sin mm. that he sent Jesus to die and bear all of it in his yeah. body. We know that when you read like all the Levitical rules, yeah. you know, um, even I think it was somewhere in Exodus when one of the uh, children of Israel didn't follow the Sabbath and was picking up sticks, mm. you know, he died. So we know mm. that God cares about consequences. And yeah. so how do we reconcile that yeah. now with justice? Do you see what I mean? So I totally get that. And I think... I probably would pause that for a moment uh -huh. because what's coming to mind actually is go again, before we can answer that, we have to go back to the foundation of justice. Okay. The principles in, in societal justice or how it should be mm -hmm. go right back to the principles Absolutely. 
in the Bible, particularly when God says, that which you do to the least, yeah, yeah. you do unto me. Yeah, yeah. And we will all be judged mm -hmm. on how we have treated and what we have done to mm -hmm. the least among us. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really clear that in all the nations of the world, and I've, I've studied many, the justice system, your justice system, is how nations are judged. Right. It's how nations are judged biblically. It's how nations are judged socially. Mm -hmm. It is how people, um, even in like censuses and in when people are putting stats together and when people are recording things around nations, they, they judge them about, you know, who has the highest rates of crime, who has yes, the true, true. highest criminals in, you know, um, prisoners, things like that. Mm -hmm. And how do you, you know, what's the human rights? How do you treat your prisoners? How do you, you know, what are the conditions that people live in? And what's your kind of restorative processes and things? Mm -hmm. it, it would be arguable, many people will argue that if you have people who are prisoners and incarcerated and oppressed and in all of these different things mm -hmm. are considered and deemed the least among us. Mm -hmm. So how do we treat those? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, justice from is predominantly about freedom for all. Right. So what does being free look like in God's image to both somebody who's been a victim of crime mm. and both somebody who's perpetrated? What does that look like for both of them? Because mm. then that's just. Okay. But that might not always be deemed as fair, fair. in the eyes of, of, of man. I, I, I want to go into this, but I'm going to save it for later. But I do want to talk about, because the Carl Rittenhouse case is a perfect example. Do you want to say what it was? Just a, Yeah, so he, I mean, he was... This it's is very in America. Recent. Yeah, yeah it's this very is in America. Recent. And just he um, travelled across state and he uh, attended protests um, in which uh, people were protesting against the shooting of a young black man by a police officer who was shot seven times uh, and left par paralyzed. Um, and so they were protesting about that. And then there were another group of individuals who Carl uh, Rittenhouse was one of them, who was then coming to defend against the riots, as they called them rioters, but really protesters. And so he then ended up in, in what he called was self-defense, saying that he had been attacked by a couple of the protesters and he ended up shooting and killing two and, uh, quite seriously injuring a third okay. and then that was the trial all right that was okay so it looks like there's been no consequence or <laughs> i know this is like i know we're, we're sort of jumping ahead of ourselves but i think this is important you yeah. know like it looks like there's been no consequence for somebody and two people have lost their life and one person is you know disabled but i think We've sort of spoken about justice and what it is what and what it isn't. We're saying it isn't fairness necessarily. Yeah, would you say that? So, no, I wouldn't say it's not fairness. Okay. I would say that our understanding of fairness right. will differ okay. to potentially a God view or a Christian worldview. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think God is very much around fairness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but perceptions people's perceptions of what fair mm -hmm, is can be mm -hmm. very subjective that's true um and so that's what I would say and um you know now that you've touched on <laughs> written house so it's really interesting it has challenged my own personal look and views around justice mm -hmm. because I don't think anything was just about that situation right, right, right. <laughs> but let's think about 
Why in this era, in mm. this 2021, I mean, I, every generation will always say this feels like the most volatile generation I've ever been in. Mm. But I feel like this is the most volatile generation I've, you know, I've mm. ever seen. There's like a feeling of chaos all the time. Mm. More and more people just don't have patience. Everything feels like it's about to snap any, any moment. Mm. We've had COVID. We've had, you know, the murder of George Floyd that for some reason... I mean, I, you sometimes have moments in history that it just ignites mm. things in the rest of the world. We've got economic things. Mm. You know, you have stuff all over the world in Chile, in Lebanon, what's going on in mm. Ethiopia. You have Sudan right now. Mm. All over the world, stuff is going on. Why does justice matter so much mm. now, mm. given the world we're in? And I think it's probably almost the... That the flip side to that mm -hmm. is why is injustice so prevalent okay. in the societies that we're in? Okay. Um, you mentioned several cases. Um, the one I would add to that is um, the murder of Sarah Everard yes, by a course, police officer. Of course. And what that's done in this country in terms of triggered, um, you know, all kinds of protocols and discussions and thoughts mm -hmm. um, around justice and, and, and punishment mm. and, you know, and, and a serving particularly prevalent because it's a serving police officer who yes. is meant to uphold justice, right, yes, just the yes, law. Yes, 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 so yes, I think yes, I answer yes. that more from the case of, for me, um, why it probably feels more chaotic in the things now is because we have had a rise of injustice okay, and, a, and an absence of justice. Okay, okay. And I believe that if I go back to what we said originally, that if justice is around righteousness, if it's around fairness, if it's around um, how we treat each other in the as being equal and free under God and equal and free under the law and in the image of God. Mm -hmm. When you fail to do that, mm -hmm. when you are uh, when you have been given rule over people, whether by God's appointment or whether by voting, there is a certain level of um, responsibility mm -hmm. that comes with that. So when you are subject to corruptions, when you mm -hmm. have systems that are unjust, when you have uh, social institutions and each of them are contravening to God's original law, but even the law of the land, man's law, mm -hmm. then you are going to see increases mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the type of situations that we're seeing, lawlessness, mm -hmm. recklessness, mm -hmm. blatant disregard of the rule of law, blatant mm. disregard of your responsibilities, blatant disregard of the office that you hold, right. blatant disregard and, and, and no care because mm -hmm. you, you have contravened and breached all of the laws of justice. Mm -hmm. You who's been appointed to rule in righteousness and fairness and, and all of the oaths that, that the people in office take, which are very much centered on biblical yeah. oaths, break them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then you've given license and legitimacy for others to break them. Right. It's interesting because I can think of two things. I think it's somewhere in Proverbs talks about how when there's sort of corruption and leadership, it actually mm -hmm. opens the door to chaos. For sure. But I will also, I want to say, well, what about personal responsibility? I, I think there are certain spiritual principles, but we understand that we all have free will. So we have... Mm in a sense, agency over what we choose to do and not to do. Mm. 
So how does personal responsibility fit in with what you've just explained? Mm. So again, if you go to personal responsibility, then that means everyone has their own personal moral code. Mm -hmm. And that varies from person to person. True, true. And you, with the lack of justice, you open not only to injustice, but all that comes with injustice. So those who don't have a uh, moral compass, those who do not necessarily subscribe to um, the laws and the, the way of life that potentially, you know, ourselves as Christians would subscribe to. So you're open to, to, to everything, really. Anything that can be lawless, anything that can be immoral, anything that mm. people, by their own judgment, because my judgment of morality may be very different to somebody else's. Mm. The thresholds get blurred, the lines get blurred. Yeah, okay. So I'm. we know that justice is a broad thing, mm. but we're gonna talk about it in relation to racism. Mm. And we're gonna talk about it in relation to youth justice mm -hmm. and restoration of the criminal justice system or reform of the criminal, or overhaul of the criminal justice system. Mm. But before we go there, I want us to think about outcomes. I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and we were just saying, you know, with how the world just feels more and more polarised, even mm. the church, within the church feels polarised and we're meant to all be reading the same book. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And supposedly believing the same God. I was saying, you know, well, what kind of world do we want to leave our kids? Mm. What kind of world has God told us to, to, to create what mm. has he mandated us because he's all mandated us to do the same thing we mm. do it in different ways but it's the same thing mm. and I keep thinking about how you know yes the world is complex but the instruction God gave us Jesus gave us was very very simple mm. it's not a mystery he mm. said is it John 13 he said love each other Mm. as I have loved you so that they will know you are my disciples mm. he, his command for us was to love each other mm. and he even just in case we didn't know what love was he says mm. love looks like this he says greater love has no man than this mm. than to lay down his life for his friend mm. we know that I was thinking about you know every wedding they always read first Corinthians 13 mm. Love is patient, love is kind, mm. love doesn't, isn't proud, love, love keeps no record of wrongs, love, mm. love hopes all things, believes all things, love hates evil. Mm. You know, he's given us this mandate. So as we're talking about this, mm. I guess I'm wanting us to keep that in our minds mm. that God has told us how to live. Mm. It's not a mystery, as I said. Mm. And, and I guess with the out, like if we were to think of the end of this conversation, mm what are we wanting people to take away or ponder? I'm going to add to that. Yes. I just want to bear with me. I yes. just need to get, because I want to make sure that you get the right scripture. Yeah. But God has already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love and don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. Mm -hmm. And just because I like that version, but I'm going to read it also in the King James. Mm -hmm. um, it says, He have showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Mm -hmm. So on top of um, the command that he gave us mm -hmm. in... Um, that you're speaking about in terms of love and loving thy neighbour. He also makes it really clear that I've told you how to live yeah. and to do justice. 
is one of the biggest things for, for the Lord. He's made that really clear mm-hmm. to us. Um, we're all human beings, mm-hmm. part of the one human race mm-hmm. <laughs> under God. Um, he, he made us all humans. And if we are all made in his image and we are all made equal in his mm-hmm. image, these are the sorts of things in my mind that you're, they're your fundamental starting points. So what does a just society look like? A just society says, how do we treat all humans in our part of the world and mm. and wider what does that look like what does that mean for our widows what does that mean for our fatherless what yeah. does that mean for our incarcerated what does that mean for our homeless what does mm. it mean for the oppressed what does it mean for the needy because god has given every answer mm-hmm. to those things yes so these are some of the outcomes for me is how do we bring society back mm. to what does a just society really mm. look like as opposed to what we have made yeah. society in the name of justice. Yeah. I think that's really good. I, I'm also aware of what do we do when there, the challenge is we have so little consensus. I mean, we have the word of God and I suppose we're imagining the church or the body of Christ doing these things, but there is so little consensus. There's such a need to be, what does it say? Paul says, you know, in the end, at the end, everyone just does what's right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And the challenge we have is that, you know, you, my personal freedoms, because of what I think is right in my own eyes, end up encroaching on yours because, you know, to me. And so it's how do we then um, navigate in a world where I, I totally agree with you, but we navigate in a world where there just is so little consensus on how to do that together. You know, so we've kind of siloed ourselves. Mm. I want to, I mean, it's a perfect way to segue. We're going to segue to talk about racism because it's a perfect, perfect example of how there is little consensus, I think, on what that means. Common Era is produced by Labora Press, an independent publisher run by the Catholic monastic order known as the Passionists. To find out more about either of those, you can go to labora.press or passionists.org.uk. This season was also co-produced by Matt Sadizo herself, and you can find out more about her podcast by searching for Holding Up the Ladder. Join us for our next episode, where Matt Sadizo and Amory will be examining what exactly is wrong with our popular definitions of racism. They break down this and other concepts and show why we still need greater radical honesty from white voices in this sphere.